0: Hi there, and welcome to this very special episode of the Jamie On Purpose show. I'm Jamie, and as of today, I am officially a published author. My book, Seven Signposts, is available now on Amazon. You can grab the paperback version, the hardcover, or the ebook, or all three, (laughs) If you'd like, Uh, the ebook has a special promotional price from today, September 27th, through October 3rd, so next Monday for only 99 cents, so be sure to grab your copy this week if you think it's something you'll be interested in reading at all. This is the lowest price that it will ever be. And no matter when you're listening to this, so even if it's after October 3rd, um, I would so appreciate it if you left a rating and review on Amazon. These are absolutely critical to helping other readers to find the book. As a special treat today on the podcast, I am sharing with you the introduction from the book read by yours truly. Hopefully this gives you even more info on what the book is about and gets you eager to read the rest of it. The link to the book will be in the show notes or if you go directly to Amazon, you can just search for my name, Jamie Hillman, and it should pop up. Okay, without further ado, here is the introduction from Seven Signposts. Introduction. The bird that would soar above the level plane of tradition and prejudice must have strong wings. Kate Chopin, The Awakening. At one point in my life, I told anyone who would listen that I felt stuck. It was as if I were sitting in a car with the engine running and a tank full of gas And yet, I stayed in the driveway simply because I was unsure of which way to go. Should I turn left or right? Go straight or take the scenic route? I was bursting with energy and ambition. I wanted to move, to take bold action, to cruise towards the life and career of my dreams. I was only missing one thing. The directions on how to get there. I talked to so many people about this feeling before I finally understood something vital. No one else could tell me what the best choice was for me. I was the one who had the knowledge about what my right answer should be, which way I should turn, which route to go. With that insight, I realized that I needed to step up and start figuring out which questions to ask and how to respond to them for myself. I read tons of books, listened to hours and hours of podcasts, and engaged in so, so many therapy sessions. What resulted from that intense what-the-heck-am-I-supposed-to-do-with-my-life time is a deep sense of knowing who I am, what I care about, and what I want my life to look like. I finally had my directions. This book is for you to find those same directions for your own life. The signposts. A signpost that you see on a trail or road is typically found at a crossroads and gives information about the possible paths and destinations from that location. The signposts that you will encounter in this book are an indication that you have a decision to make about how you want your life to be designed so that it is in alignment with who you are. There are seven of these decisions that make up the foundation of how you choose to pursue life, especially as a young adult navigating career and life choices. Here's the thing about these seven decisions. Nearly everyone agrees that each of these topics is crucially important. For that same reason, there are a lot of conflicting opinions on the right way to do them. Each chapter in this book will introduce you to an idea and then outline the two approaches that are most often debated about the right way to go. In Signpost 1, we discuss the need to manage your energy, which can either be done through balanced priorities or weighted priorities. Signpost 2 talks all about passion. Do you believe that passion is innate? or is passion developed? Signpost three examines defining your timeline by deciding if your timeline is short or your timeline is just right. Signpost four explores self-love as being primarily a mindset contrasted with self-love as action-based. Signpost five delves into healthy relationships and if they should be hard work or easy. Signpost six covers personal finance. It is generally agreed that you should manage your money wisely. However, should you focus more on investing in your future or investing in today? Signpost 7 evaluates what is really needed to achieve your goals, motivation, or habits. All of these topics delve into how you interact with and shape your life. I have very few directives on what you should do because that is entirely up to you. After walking through each side's arguments, there will be exercises for you to complete that allow you to understand and apply that approach's paradigm. At the end of the chapter, you'll have final prompts that guide you through deciding which works best for you. And if you don't like one of those options, make your own. Swim across the river, build an airplane, create a fortress. Trust your intuition about which direction gives you the most joy and fulfillment. It is up to you. It is always up to you to make your decision according to your values, priorities, and personality. Who is this book for? Everyone is welcome to join in this exploration. All ages, all genders, all religion, or no religion at all. No matter who you love, what your political ideology is, or what your background looks like. However, just because everyone is welcome doesn't mean that this book is for everyone. This is our first lesson. No matter how hard you try, you cannot make everyone like you or your work, and that is okay. This book is specifically designed to support the woman in her 20s who is in the first phase of her career and adult life. She is navigating what she wants the rest of her life to look like. She is full of potential and zest for life, but isn't quite certain what lies ahead for her. She is smart and savvy, and she wants to make the most of her time. She is on the lookout for ways to get more wisdom faster and learn from others. She cares about living well, loving others, and contributing to her community. Her mind and heart are open to learning about ways she's gotten things wrong in the past and how to correct them. She believes that love is love, that kindness and empathy are the most important tenets to live by, that the patriarchal Western society we've been conditioned within has been harmful to women and all people on the gender spectrum, and that systemic racism is real and impacts the daily lives of people of color. If that sounds like you, or sounds like who you'd like to be, you're in the right place. If that doesn't sound like you, you don't have to stop reading, but I hope that you proceed reading with an open mind. Ambitions for this book I have two ambitions for what I want this book to be for you, dear reader. The first is that I want this to be tactical as hell. There are real tools and techniques and methods that exist in the world that really smart people have come up with. I have experience using them, and I am here to tell you that they can help you too. I have my own spin on the exact application of how these things work in the life of an ambitious and intentional professional 20-something woman. And I hope to bring clarity on ways that you can make your personal development so personal to you that you feel like you can take on the world and do whatever it is that you want to do in this life. I want to give you language that has helped me harness my negative thoughts, identify and stop destructive behaviors, and flourish in understanding myself. The right set of words strung together A perfectly apt metaphor or a painfully relatable story might be just the key you need to open your eyes and your heart and prepare you to grow closer to being your absolute favorite version of yourself. The second ambition is that I just want you to know that you are loved. Nothing is wrong with you. You are okay. You are enough. You can be happy. This is your life meant to be lived in your own way. Keeping your eyes on your own paper is hard, and comparison is hard, and making the right decision is hard, and making the wrong decision is hard because life is hard. There should not be shame in the difficulty. If it feels hard, if you're struggling, that's okay. Find some joy, find some purpose, find whatever you need to balance it out, but give yourself some grace and some love because we're all here just trying to do the very best we can trust the compass, not the map. I was driving and listening to a podcast when I first heard the phrase, trust the compass, not the map. And I very nearly wrecked the car out of excitement because hear me when I say this, this is it. This is the key. As we are navigating through the various paths in life, most of us are operating based on a map. We have a starting point and a predefined destination. Over the course of our lives, we have drawn lines to symbolize the terrain of what we know to be true. These are based on our own experiences and what we've been taught from our families of origin, society, religion, and more. As we come to these signposts, we make the automatic decision to go the way we've always gone or the way we're expected to go. A map presumes to know everything that there is to know. It will show you where you can and cannot go, and the prescribed ways to get to the places that are acceptable. If we go back and look at different maps of the world throughout history, we'll see that maps are often incorrect, or at the very least, incomplete. They are limited based on the mapmaker's own biases and the constraints that have been put on them. If you have bought into a specific map's promise of having everything outlined for you, It can be especially discouraging when you discover that one part of it really isn't working for you. That experience calls the whole map into question, which can send you down a path of hopelessness because you aren't sure where to turn next. Instead, we must trust our compass for guidance on making decisions. You must learn to understand your internal compass, to read it and trust what it says, and ultimately to find the courage to follow it. Every topic and exercise in this book has been included with the intent of helping you hone your true north. Who are you? What do you want for yourself? How do you want to feel? The answers to these questions allow you to understand yourself, and they create your guiding light. In learning to read your compass, you must ask yourself, what direction should I go to lead me toward who I am? How can I move toward my true north? When you ask, you must learn to hear the answer. Once you have the answer, you must trust it and then act on it. At each step along your journey, you will have the chance to choose. You can consult the map with the predefined safe routes, or you can check your compass to make the decision that is the best for you. Taking steps. By reading this, you are taking steps towards a beautiful, aligned life that is intentionally crafted to fit you. Whether this is your first step or your thousandth, you are on a journey of a lifetime. Being thoughtful and actively curating your life will never end, but don't let that stop you from getting started. It is the most worthwhile effort of your existence. This book will ask you to deeply consider who you are and what you want. You'll reflect on the many experiences you've already had, big and small, to reveal any hidden lessons about what alignment means for you. If that feels scary and vulnerable, I agree. So I'll go first. A trip to the dentist. It had been much too long since my last dentist visit. What can I say? About a year prior, I had moved four states away from where I spent the first 22 years of my life, leaving my family and trusted healthcare providers behind in pursuit of my first job out of college. So here I was, fumbling around Dallas, Texas, trying to get my bearings when I finally hunkered down and decided, I need to go to the dentist. I was scared. I knew I hadn't been perfect at brushing my teeth twice a day, and I definitely drank too much coffee that was staining my teeth. Obviously, I had not adhered to the every six months protocol of dental cleanings, I was anxious about what the sophisticated Dallas city folk would think of me for having slacked off. It didn't help that I'm from Alabama, so the jokes about bad teeth practically tell themselves. This spiral of worry kept me from making the appointment for far too long, but one day I powered through and found a place where I could make an appointment online. Once I got there, they asked me when my last cleaning was, then some other standard questions, before this one arose. So how often do you floss? The hygienist asked, kindly removing his hands from my mouth so I could answer. Um, you know, once a day, once a week, less often, the hygienist offered. Yeah, once a week sounds right, I said sheepishly, full of shame. It was not once a week. I really struggled with flossing consistently, and I hated to admit that. It's something I know I should do, something I know is good for me, something that takes little effort and is not time-consuming, expensive, or a truly burdensome task. But still, I struggled. At one point, I had even bought this new, fancy, and dare I say, trendy floss. The company had gone all in on influencer marketing, and I'm a sucker for good marketing. This fancy floss cost something like 10 times more than your ordinary floss, but it was supposed to have super cool features that made it, allegedly, 10 times more effective than said ordinary floss. Once it arrived on my doorstep, the excitement and novelty of it ushered me straight to the bathroom, where I excitedly began flossing my teeth. Unfortunately, it was not magic floss. It was a unique texture that could have been slightly more effective And it tasted adequately minty fresh, but within a week, I was back to my old habit of not consistently flossing. This memory rose up for me while I was in the chair at the dentist, trying to explain away my obvious disregard for established dental hygiene practices. It sparked a thought. Well, are there any types of floss that you'd recommend? I asked the hygienist. Something that people find to be really effective or anything? This is it, I thought to myself. I just haven't found the right kind of floss yet. There has to be a special type of floss out there that would solve my problems. In a way, that was completely incorrect, as you might guess. But in another way, it was kind of right. The best type of dental floss, the hygienist answered, is the type that you use. Oh, there was a type of floss that I had used consistently. It was an individual plastic stick that had a bit of floss on one end and a sharp pick on the other end, and it was green and shaped to look like a dinosaur, because it was meant for children. I was an adult, wasn't I? Why couldn't I do the adult thing and just use normal floss like I saw both my parents faithfully use for years and years? What was wrong with me? Was I really not good enough? Not smart enough? Not mature enough? Not adult enough? to figure out how to floss my freaking teeth? Reflecting on that, I'm tempted to roll my eyes at myself and say, dang girl, chill, it's just floss. But if we take a moment to step back and look at this narrative as a microcosm of a much larger problem, the idea of chilling doesn't seem appropriate anymore. I was afraid of what others thought of me for doing something wrong or bad, for being wrong or bad. I was telling myself that because I was unable to do things the way they should be done, I was not enough. I believed I was not capable of doing them that way, and so I was inherently not enough. And I thought, if I'm not enough now, I likely never will be. These are dangerous, hurtful thoughts that I have only been able to unearth through a lot of therapy and hard work. But have no fear, there's a happy ending to this flaw story. I unlocked a secret that day. My personal hygiene is personal. I have a set of goals and values and priorities that I need to be in alignment with. The dinosaur floss sticks hurt my ego a bit, and they hurt my efforts to reduce single-use plastics and waste in my life. I had to decide what was more important to me, the ego and the win on that one effort against plastic, or keeping my teeth without cavities for my health and for my wallet. In this case, my teeth won, and I'm still using the dinosaur sticks. You might think that that's the wrong decision, and here's the beautiful thing. That's okay. It's personal. If it's you in the situation, you get to make the call on what makes the most sense to you. Personal development, which is the umbrella genre for this book and a powerful movement in our culture right now, is personal. Personal finance, which is a vital topic for all people, but especially for young people, women, and people of color is personal. Personal mission, relationships, health and fitness, ideas, opinions, contributions to the world. It's all personal. You get to define what each of these means to you. You get to say what works for you. You get to be in control of what is in your life and if it is in alignment with what matters to you. The satisfaction of alignment happens when you are twisting a screw and hear the thread click into place, or when your chiropractor adjusts your neck into just the right position. Similarly, living an aligned life means that your environment seems to click into place effortlessly and proceeds with a beautiful ease. If you embrace the person who you are, knowing and loving that person deeply, and then crafting a life that reflects that person, you will find the feeling you've been looking for. Maybe for you, that feeling is being balanced or being centered. Maybe it is being content or being alive. Maybe it has changed recently due to the seasons of your life and you haven't had time to adapt to the new landscape. The ideas and exercises in this book will help you in this pursuit. There's one more moment from that trip to the dentist that is relevant to our journey now. As I was nearly drowning in my feelings of inadequacy, I revealed to the hygienist the thoughts racing through my head. I know I should have had a cleaning before now. I feel bad knowing that I should have started earlier. He looked at me and said, hey, that's okay. What matters is that you're here now. You showed up today and you get to decide how things go from here. From my dental hygienist to you, thank you for showing up for yourself today. All right. That was the introduction. I hope you enjoyed listening to this. And I really hope that you get your copy of seven signposts today because I so thoroughly believe in the message and the education that's in it. And I hope that you love it. Happy reading. I'll see you next time.